Please stay tuned. You with Sirius FM 105.7, your number one station in the East Rand. Yeah, the time of the morning where we joined by our very own uh, Mufti Ibrahim Smith and Darbandi Bokar, someone that uh, resonates uh, mashallah and positively on uh, the platforms of Sirius FM. Mufti Sahib, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me, how are you doing this beautiful Jummah morning? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, we cannot complain. You know, indeed, a beautiful Jummah and a blessed Jummah indeed. Jazakumullah khairan. Alhamdulillah, Mufti Sahib, questions are flying through. Remember, people, the number is 084786-3720. Get your questions in and Mufti will answer them for you. This uh, question reads, Assalamu alaikum Mufti, is it a sin to report lockdown violations at various masajids uh, to the relevant authorities? Some masajids are still open, Mufti Sahib. Yes, a good question, Shafat. It is a sin uh, to report these violations. You know, we see that the government are uh, actually requesting people to report lockdown violations. But uh, this is the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala supersedes that of any other government. You know, if uh, certain masajid are still open uh, and they know it is illegal also, then uh, they probably will face the consequences of their actions. So we shouldn't be snitches in Islam. Uh, you know, switching on the people in uh, reporting to the relevant uh, authorities that the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is open. Let uh, those masajid that remain open, let them deal with the relevant authorities and uh, we can stay out of that. So in that case, we will not fall under the general uh, ruling of the verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Who is more unjust? Who is more unjust than the person who or those people that prevent uh, others from uh, attending the houses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Because uh, then they, we will be facing punishment in this world and even a greater punishment in the year after. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect uh, all our masajid and all those people who frequent the houses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti Sahib. Why are some ulama against uh, vaccines whilst others uh, do not object to it? Okay. Yes, uh, there's basically uh, two views uh, regarding uh, vaccines and uh, vaccination. Uh, one view, of course, is uh, the ulama that says, no, it is permissible because uh, they've been studying the different type of vaccines and looking at the ingredients list. And the other group says that, no, it is not uh, permissible because uh, the long-term safety of it uh, cannot be established regarding COVID-19 vaccines specifically uh, because it is only in a manufacturing uh, process for a few months and uh, they've only tested in a certain amount of people. Uh, the outcome of that uh, and uh, the data cannot be verified independently uh, because of those people who has funded it and manufactured it. So those are basically the two, two views. And uh, like I always say that the vaccine is a personal choice. A person needs to make that uh, informed decision whether he will be vaccinated or not. And similarly, he will have to suffer the consequences as well. One particular note uh, that uh, people should understand is uh, that you cannot keep these companies liable anymore. They have immunity. It seems that they are the only people that are benefiting from uh, these vaccines because uh, they have immunity and indemnity. So no one can take them to court if the vaccine causes a, a severe uh, type of other illnesses, you know, you cannot take them to court. So people should know that as well. So if you lose your life or if you become dysfunctional or if you suffer infertility or any other thing due to a vaccine, then uh, that is your choice. You have made it. And I don't think it is mandatory as well, G.
Mufti Sahaba, can a female bleach her eyebrows? It is permissible for a married female to bleach her eyebrows, Shafat, uh, if that is uh, to beautify herself for her husband. Uh, but she uh, shouldn't follow Western uh, customs, you know, and just because uh, some immoral people are doing it and she wants to do that as well. As for single females, uh, that would not be permissible because then she will be altering something and it will lead to deception. So a person might see the eyebrows and uh, then because of that he wants to get married to her because he sees something completely different. But uh, then when the bleach and the dye goes out of uh, her eyebrows and it starts uh, disappearing, then her normal eyebrows will be there and he will feel disappointed. So deception, uh, that females, uh, they are not allowed to do that. You know, so married females, yes, it would be permissible with the consent and permission of their husbands, Chief. Yeah, Mufti Stan, you can't see eye to eye before marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pass off, Vince, <laughs> pass off. Message <laughs> says, Assalamu alaikum, Mufti. Someone told me that if you leave dirty dishes uncovered in the sink, you are inviting poverty into the homes. Is this true or just an old wives' tale? Also, how can we invite prosperity <laughs> into the home? <laughs> what a question, Mufti And A very, very good question. You must remember, Shafat, that uh, we shouldn't leave dirty dishes in the sink because not only are we inviting poverty and we're inviting the shayateen to participate uh, from our leftover foods, we must remember way back when the pandemic started, uh, we reminded the people that the Nabi alayhi salatu salam used to say, cover your utensils during the evening because a certain time of the year, a plague descends upon the people and it will go to those houses that is uncovered utensils, meaning dirty utensils as well. So uh, we can see there is some prophetic tradition that uh, actually exhorts us to clean up after we've taken our supper and our last meals during the night. So we shouldn't forget of, uh, about that uh, also, you know. So yes, uh, we cannot uh, allow these things to happen. We have to take uh, advice from the Sunnah teachings of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, and we cannot uh, be uh, of those people who feed the shayateen that comes in uh, during the evening and pick up all the morsels and scraps that we have uh, left behind. You know? So clean up properly, inshallah, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put barakah uh, in your utensils. Remember that the last morsel the Sahaba, they used to eat it. So if we leave behind the scraps and morsels in our utensils, that means we are actually wasting. And when a person wakes, a waste, uh, that is when poverty starts descending upon him because he's not appreciating uh, the bounties and favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ji. Yeah, leave those morsels and the cockroaches come. Yeah, he said, yeah, a lot of cockroaches. <laughs> but, you didn't wash the dishes. Then also. And, uh, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir, Mufti Sahab. And also, you know, how can you, you know, in, uh, uh, invite a prosperity at home? You know, we know that maybe uh, making tilaw of the Quran, uh, zikrullah, keeping the house uh, clean, perhaps giving loban on a Thursday, you know, a lovely uh, fragrance coming through. Uh, you know, uh, what you say, Muftisa? Yes, of course. That's a, a Muslim, a believer is always clean. His house is clean, his household is clean, uh, his clothes is clean. You know, he keeps himself clean five times a day by taking uh, hudu as well. So it's always in a clean path, pure state. So that is a trait of a, a true believer, a true Muslim. Uh, that of leaving dishes uh, dirty and leaving the bed just so and getting into the same bed without making it up and the dust is piling. Even the cockroaches need four by four vehicles because of the amount of dust on the floors, uh, Shafat. So these type of things, so that is not the trait in the character of a believer. So Allah protect the Inshallah. Yeah, if you see uh, cockroaches and big bed bugs, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know, buy the doom. No, 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 people. Check it out. 
Yeah, Mufi reckoned you're not making your bed, you're not uh, airing it, you're not, yeah. It's how some people, hey, you check that was posy, man. Ah, near, man. Yeah, I heard a lot of stories like that. Mufti Saab, this question says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Mufti Saab. Um, is your Ustad your Muharram? Mufti Saab? Is your Ustad your Muharram? No, your Ustad yeah. is not your Muharram. Your Ustad is only your, your, your guidance teacher. He is uh, a person you take uh, knowledge from. He's a person that you benefit from spiritually. But uh, your Ustad will not be your Mahram because your Ustad can still get married to you, Shifat. We shouldn't forget that. So if you are a male and you have a female Ustad, that is not your, uh, of course, uh, cannot be your Mahram. You know? But on the other side, if you are a female and you have a male, that male can never ever be your, your Mahram, your Ustad, because he can still get married to you unless uh, that person is uh, married to your family or related to you, uh, then it will be a from the ruling altogether, G. Okay, yeah, Jazakallah for that. Uh, Mufti Saab, uh, please uh, comment on the current trend amongst undertakers charging up to 11,000 rands per janaza. Mufti Saab. Yes, uh, Shafat, you know, sadly, uh, COVID-19 has made a lot of millionaires and even the undertakers, uh, they are benefiting from this, you know, uh, charging as high as 11,000 and even some places more then 11,000, and we've seen footage also where they charge uh, for everything extra, and they call it because uh, they are dealing with something very hazardous and something infectious, you know, so they're blaming the suits is expensive, and this is expensive. So all of these things are necessary, you know, they're uh, making a lot of money, uh, and the people are suffering out there, the poor people are suffering out there, they hardly have uh, funds to bury their deceased. So uh, some Muslim Janavas is costing more than Christian uh, burials, uh, Shafar, that we should condemn mm. in the strongest, you know, because how is it possible that you are benefiting from the, the demise of other people? The person has just lost a family member. The person needs to bury that person. Even they can't attend only 50 people and you are charging uh, the people exorbitant uh, amounts of, uh, of funds. So people need to condemn this, you know, the government needs to investigate this as well. And the relevant authorities need to be informed of this as well. This is uh, making uh, more than what they need to make. And, uh, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take them to task because this is a form of oppression. You're oppressing people. They need to put their loved ones and dear ones and dear ones into the ground, and you are charging and uh, ripping them off. So, Allah subhanahu wa should expose these people, G. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti Saba. Can one take out COVID-19 insurance or policies for personal and business purposes? All commercial types of insurance policies is completely haram. We should remember that it consists of uh, Kimar, uh, which is gambling, and it is also uh, horror, which uh, is a type of harm, and then there's also riba involved, so your interest. So basically these three type of things, you know, uh, the gambling factor is the fact that you don't know that they're going to pay out what they've stipulated uh, to you, that you will get two million cover, etc., uh, so that you don't know what it will for a certainty happen. So you cannot take out commercial uh, life insurance policies, not for your business and not for your personal self as well. This is a completely haram uh, riba factor in there also interest factor. And then the fact of that you're paying your premiums, uh, you're paying a, a thousand rand a month but you get a cover of two million. Where does all that money come from and where do they invest uh, your premiums in? They invest it in haram entities on the stock market and in pornography, etc. So you cannot benefit from that at all. So it is not permissible for a Muslim to take out these COVID-19 uh, short-term or long-term insurance policies, G. Mufti Sabah, recently everyone went into a panic mode because WhatsApp wanted your privacy policy to be changed. And now they're running to 
Instagram. There is a word. They say it's a CD world and it's a run by all the wrong people. Putisab, how do you react to that? Shafat, I think all of us were caught surprisingly by uh, what's its announcement. But we should remember that uh, they've been capturing our data for years, your personal details. You know, now what makes it worse now is uh, your transactions will be recorded, your phone numbers, your contact list, everything will be uh, made available uh, on the parent company, which is Facebook and their own Instagram as well. Now, if you look at the Telegram, Russian on two brothers is owning it. Uh, they're currently based in Dubai. Now, because uh, Russia has banned them in their own country also, and they're investing their own money in the infrastructure, and they've been growing exponentially, I think more than 500 million users uh, the last couple of days, and then their signal as well. So these are alternatives uh, to the bullies, and uh, by bullies I mean that Facebook, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, and all these people who try to do, uh, to monopolize uh, social media. So if people find uh, a, a, a valuable uh, alternative, uh, something that is beneficial out there, uh, that they can relate to. I'm also on Telegram. I've also moved away from uh, WhatsApp, uh, Shafat, because uh, I think that WhatsApp became very intrusive. You know, uh, people start pinging you for messages if you don't answer uh, within five seconds and five minutes. Uh, so it's becoming very, very bad. And for Telegram, you can have 200,000 people in one chat. Uh, WhatsApp doesn't have that facility, you know, so it is more safe and more secure. It is also end-to-end encryption, so your messages is not being read by the company. So that is basically what has happened during the last few days, G. Yeah, brother, it's uh, not Instagram, it's Telegram. Hey, going back to the old day, I'm sending a Telegram. Okay, you go to the <laughs> post office and <laughs> you write everything out. Well, uh, this uh, question says... Uh, must I declare all the defects when selling an item, or can I state as is? Okay. If you, if you do not state as is, then you have to declare all the defects as a part. When the purchaser comes to you, you have to tell him what is wrong with the commodity, uh, what is a defect and what is broken, etc. Then it will be considered as an honest business transaction dealing. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put barakah and blessings in your business dealings. If you're selling it as is, then the purchaser knows that there could be something wrong with it. So he's buying the product commodity as is. So he is happy with uh, taking that away from you for a specified amount of money. In that case, there will be barakah and blessings in your dealings as well. So it both cases, a person needs to be open and honest and transparent when it comes to business dealings. Do not hide and conceal anything just because you want to get rid of that commodity or you are in need of money. That same money that you will be receiving if you hide the defects, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not place barakah in that. It will be like water in your hands. You know, it will be of no use for you, G. Absolutely no barakah. Yeah, don't go and spray paint the car. It looks lovely, but the undercarriage is rotten. And you put there, as is. And when the brother comes, you say, hey, you know, as is. Well, okay, it looks good. I'll take it as is. Next moment, the undercarriage falls. Yes, Muftis are very bad indeed. Uh, this question says, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Muftis My husband had divorced me while uh, being pressured by his family members to do so. Is uh, this uh, divorce valid? This is a daily uh, occurrence, Shafat, it's happening so common now, and because of COVID-19 and lockdown, so many uh, pressure 
on uh, marriages, you know, because the husband and wife, both of them are at home. Uh, they are not used to seeing uh, eye to eye and being in each other's companies for long periods of time. So this is putting pressure on them as well. So a family shouldn't get involved unnecessarily. Only when there's real problems, then uh, they should get involved by means of counseling first and not to separate couples. You know, we shouldn't separate between husband and wife unless there's valid cause and a just need like physical abuse, etc. And then we should get involved. So yes, unfortunately, the divorce is valid because your husband has given it. He wasn't under duress. No one put the gun against his head or made him forced to utter or write the words of divorce. So unfortunately, uh, your marriage has terminated. I don't know how many divorces your husband has given to you so that you can inquire from him and then you can refer to your local ulama, inshallah, chief. Assalamu alaikum. Sad to see so many ulama who passed away. More sad is that some are glorified and praised in obituaries uh, while others are not. Why is this so? Very pertinent question there, Mufiza. Indeed, indeed, Shafat. We've seen so many ulama uh, passing away. You know, just Monday I attended, uh, Monday or Tuesday I attended uh, a janazah of one of uh, our senior, senior uh, ulama here in uh, Cape Town, Maulana uh, Ismail Ali Rahimullah, the Shaykh al-Hadith of Qasim Ulum. So he also passed away. One of the first students of Maulana Sim Rahimullah and so many others has passed away uh, recently and uh, many will still continue to pass away. So Allah grant him all janatul for those. Yes, uh, some of them are more famous uh, than the other people. Some of them are more well-known than the other people. Uh, some of our ulama are, are lesser-known shifat. And I think that is because people, when they uh, depart, uh, then only people realize they're valiant people, uh, right, obituaries. So because of, first and foremost, respect for them in their services uh, that they've rendered to the general public out there and how much khidmat they've made as well. So that's why people are right, long, long obituaries. But uh, we should praise all of them who has passed away in a request uh, Mafira, and make dua uh, for all of those ulama that is uh, passed away without any discrimination, Shafat, without any race, without any color. All of them were scholars of the deen, and all of them have served the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah, you heard that Mufti Sahab said they served the deen with distinction. They were not scholars for dollars. No, neither men really <laughs> yeah, selfless. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, being in South Africa, the whole system is corrupt, Mufti Sahab. Are we wrong for bribing for simple tasks like fixing up potholes in the road near my house? Hey, here's a brother. He's a hey, municipality. Come here, come here. Pay uh, hundred. Fix the pothole there. What's your views, Muftiza? Yes, we are living in a corrupt government, a corrupt society. We've seen so much things happening, so much money disappearing. No one being brought to book, you know, no one being arrested so far. For petty crimes, we saw that a minister walking on the beach to stop one person from swimming while crime is continuing behind his back in the place in locality. So all these stupid things happening in and around us. So generally, it is not permissible to bribe someone. What you can do is you can pay him to fix it. You can tell him, listen here, uh, brother, you are working for the council. I know that uh, uh, you have a schedule to follow, but here is a few rents. Please fix just for us, and then that will serve as a payment instead of a bribe, and that would then be permissible key. Yeah, you can imagine how many cars will be saved uh, from uh, the shocks giving up or the tire being uh, uh, cut into two and the rooms being smashed. The guy says, hey, you know, Mufti, I've got a murk that uh, room alone costs uh, 25 grand. It's <laughs> <laughs> an understory, Mufti, <laughs> yeah, looking, at, uh, looking at this question here, it says, uh, will the South Africans be permitted to go for Hajj, Mufti, 
Also, some operators still owe money to clients. What is uh, Sahuk uh, doing about it, Muftisa? Yes, I have a strong feeling that uh, uh, we will not be permitted to go for Hajj this year. Uh, if if uh, I could be wrong, Shifat, if uh, uh, we are permitted, there will be a host of uh, conditions. Perhaps the numbers will be limited, and uh, those people going will need vaccination cards, etc. The airlines and uh, travel industry, they're still discussing whether it should be mandatory uh, for people to have vaccinations before they go uh, abroad and overseas, you know. So that is uh, the first aspect. And then they've also predicted uh, that the cases might spike again between April and June. Uh, that is normally when our winter season uh, starts and kicks in. So uh, that also is uh, there. So uh, another third wave might be coming, and we won't have sufficient uh, vaccines by that time also for those people who want to vaccinate. Uh, and then what South is doing yesterday is uh, operators still owing people money, and uh, they're claiming and citing that they're waiting on the airlines to reimburse and refund them in the hotels in Saudi, etc. So I think South should release a statement or at least do something uh, to appease those people, you know, people have been saving years uh, and putting away money in Shafat and uh, they at least want answers in transparency and some of these operators are not uh, informing uh, their clients what is happening, so people are becoming frustrated, so I think uh, South should step up and at least uh, quell all of these fears and tell the people that they will be reimbursed, inshallah even if it's done periodically, at least uh, the people will know that uh, there's a body and authority that is overseeing all of these things, Chief Assalamu alaikum, Mufti Saab. I sold my timeshare on November. The people who bought it are now complaining that beaches are closed and that they want their money back. Am I obliged to return it? Hey, what a story, Mufti Saab. Many people will yeah. be doing that, uh, Shafat. They'll be asking for refunds and reimbursements. So uh, there's a legal aspect to it, and there's, of course, a charity aspect to it. Yes, you can return uh, their money and give it back to them because they've not derived any benefit from that, and you will still be the owner of that because their timeshare initially belonged to you. You only sold them the rights to have a vacation on those particular days. But if they cannot do that, uh, then they have not uh, benefited from that unless you have told them beforehand that uh, if lockdown should kick in, etc., then uh, the right uh, to refund has been uh, waived. If you didn't do that, then it would be best for you to refund their money, G. G. Mufti Saba, this question says, Assalamu alaikum, Mufti and team. Please advise on uh, Maulana's uh, ulama who smoke. Hey, Mufti Saab, shukran was salam. Yes, uh, Shifat, some of them smoke. Uh, I don't know why and, and how come uh, they are smoking, you know, but ulama are not infallible. Uh, ulama are not infallible, they are not malaika, they are not angels. So they do certain things and uh, they do things that normal uh, general public uh, also do, you know. So uh, however we judge other people uh, for smoking, our parents, our wives, our sisters, we can judge them as well. It is abhorrent, it is not uh, correct for them. Uh, and even if they do it, they shouldn't do it in public as well, just like the normal people, uh, because it is affecting the health of other people as well. So all these things, uh, it is very shafat, but then there is a nice and beautiful way uh, to do this. You know, shouldn't expose them uh, like we won't expose normal people. They call them one side and tell them, listen, you are a leader. Allah subhanahu has granted you this knowledge. Please do not do these things because people will look at your actions and uh, they will start following you. It is like you're giving a, 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 a fatwa that everything is okay so we can also do that. So tomorrow when this Alim quit smoking Shafat and he wants to, to bash the public, then they will remind him of his flaws that he once upon a time did. So Ulama should be very, very careful. Also, the actions have become law in the eyes of the public.
Ya, Muni ruwak ni. This makru. <laughs> yeah, makru. Yeah, I think you must make that sticker with it up. Yeah, I put it in the, all over. Yes, uh, uh, this question says, uh, does a pension payout form part of the estate if the recipient passed away before receiving it, Mutisa? Very good question. You know, a, a pension fund is actually a gift uh, from uh, the company that the people or the person has uh, worked for. And normally you have to designate a, and state a beneficiary that will become uh, the owner or recipient of the funds uh, after your demise. So if you are paid out during your lifetime, then of course you become the owner of that money. And when you die, that becomes part of the estate. But if you pass away before the company has paid out your pension fund, and then the beneficiary will become the owner of that, it does not form part of the estate. So the heirs cannot go and say that uh, we also want our share from the pension payout. This is happening, and it is quite common, Shafar. People think that it is part of the estate. It is not part of the estate because it is a gift, and the person that has been nominated, that person will become the owner of uh, that money as long as uh, the company is not coerced into uh, changing and altering uh, what the uh, person has uh, stated in his uh, initial application when he signed the papers for the pension G. This question here, uh, it says, uh, does an unborn fetus inherit the Mokitab? An unborn fetus, uh, Shafar, that is a very, very good question, you know, meaning when the uh, person passes away, when uh, the person passes away and the mother or his wife is uh, still pregnant and uh, their child is being born, then the child will inherit, inshallah. So very, very good question. We cannot deprive any heir of, uh, of its uh, rightful share of inheritance that Sharia is allocated to the child. Yes. Yeah, we are learning. We are learning all the time. Jazakallah khair for that, Mufizar. Is it possible that we will, uh, this uh, coming uh, Ramadan, be under lockdown also? No open massages and... Yes, sadly, we remember it was just the other day ago when we were under lockdown and we couldn't go to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and uh, people had to perform tarawih and then we snitches also uh, the snitch on the people uh, to the authorities saying they were the people congregated for tarawih so like I said earlier they predict another wave or at least uh, cases will spike again between April and June and that is most probably when uh, Ramadan will enter upon Asrikat so unfortunately it doesn't look good now already uh, I don't even know when the current lockdown will end I'm not sure if it is the end of January or the 15th of February, but they cannot extend it more than one month. So if it is the 15th of February, I have a feeling that we will go either uh, to a level, uh, remain at level three, or we'll come down one level. So either way, it doesn't look uh, good uh, for Muslims uh, so far. So prepare yourself for the worst, inshallah. My married sister is in financial difficulties. Is it compulsory for me as her brother to assist her with this it is not compulsory. It is compulsory upon the husband of uh, your sister, the person that she is married to. It is compulsory uh, that that person uh, takes care of his wife. However, when your sister and if your sister doesn't have sufficient funds and the husband has lost his job, etc., it is still your sibling. You still come from the same womb. So in that case, if you have something extra, some sadaka, etc., you can give it uh, to your sister. There's no harm in that. It is better to support your next of kin and your family members, and that is great and tremendous reward uh, before giving charity outside of your family. Start with your immediate family when you want to take out and give charity. 
There's so many questions there, people. My apologies if I'm not reading them out. I'm making this the last question because we're running out of time. Uh, this says, uh, can we attend a non-Muslim prayer vigil and also can we light a candle in support of those who passed away during COVID-19, Mutisa? Uh Vigils is not part of Islam, Shifat. It is not uh, something that is found in Sharia. It is a custom and a practice, Muslim? a religious practice, actually. Yes, it is a religious pra- practice of uh, the non-Muslims, a Virgil. So it is not part of Sharia. One shouldn't uh, engage in these type of things, you know. And also lighting a candle because of uh, those people uh, that has passed away, frontline workers, etc. That is also unfounded in Sharia. We are Muslims. We can make dua for the Muslim deceased uh, that has passed away during COVID-19. But we shouldn't attend Virgils and we shouldn't light candles, Gee. Broadcasting live from the East Rand, this is Sirius FM. 24 hours a day, sharing the peace and light of Islam. www.suriusfm.net Yes, uh, lovely indeed. And uh, Jumma, and then I, yeah, the gremlins just cracked in there, but alhamdulillah, time for us to... Uh... Please stay tuned. You with Sirius FM 105.7, your number one station in the East Rand.